Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you all so much for your worship tonight. Can we just give it up for the band one more time? Don't they do an incredible job? Thank you, guys. Amazing job. Amazing job. Amazing job. Hey, I know it's a school night. It's Wednesday night. It's a work night. So I promise I'm going to try to do my best to get you out of here. I, I usually tell people if you can't say it under 30 minutes, they probably ain't going to listen to the rest of it anyway. So I'm going to try to stay under 30 minutes. I think we'll do good. But hey, I'm going to turn to uh, the scripture very quickly. Exodus chapter 3, if you have your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, we'll have it up on the screen here for you. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, it says this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And so Moses thought... I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. I want to talk to you briefly tonight about this simple thought, holy moments. Everybody say holy moments. Holy moments. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your incredible presence that we already feel in this place. And I just pray that through the next few moments that you would just continue to speak to us, to transform us, to change us by your power as you always do. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Well, we are officially in the middle of the holidays. I know I said this a few weeks ago, but I love the holidays. It's my favorite time of year. And uh, man, this is, I'll take cold weather all day, y'all. I cannot stand summer here. So I hope it stays like this for the next three months. I know it's not going to. We're going to wake up on Christmas morning. It's going to be 85 degrees. I'm just, I'm just telling you, it's going, it's going to get bad. I know, just just rebuke it in Jesus' name. <laughs> but uh, as much as I love this time of year, I will say, and maybe some of you have been feeling this, this time of year can get a little overwhelming sometimes. It gets just crazy. I don't know about what your schedule looks like, but my wife and I are, like the next three weeks, we have something going on every night. That's just how the holidays work. It's just how it always falls. And... Uh, you know, we have Christmas parties, we have Christmas shop, we have all these outreach things, we have just something going on every every day of the week for the next three weeks. It's crazy. And I was just thinking about uh, all that goes into the holidays. I was thinking about Christmas shopping. Just by a show of hands real quick, is there anyone 100% done Christmas shopping? You are done. My God, kudos to you guys. Kudos to you, babe. You're awesome. As for the rest of you, we still have two weeks, so you're not like, you're not in terrible shape, but good job, all of you, overachievers. <laughs> so uh, speaking of Christmas shopping, a few weeks ago, about a month and a half ago, my son, those of you, I think most of you know us here, but um, I have a four-year-old son, he's turning five in two, uh, not even two weeks, the 22nd, he's turning five, and it's crazy how fast time has gone, but He's been telling us for months now he wants a Nintendo Switch. So we've gone from, like, play school toys to video games. So first of all, it's a lot worse on my pocketbook. But secondly, he is just in that phase now. And so my wife and I decided, we're like, okay, we're going to get him one big gift for his birthday. So we got him a Nintendo Switch. Well, this was in October, okay? October 30th, to be exact. We could not find one in a store anywhere. They were sold out everywhere. I hope he's not listening to me right now. But they're sold out everywhere. So we go to Nintendo.com 
and we order a Nintendo Switch, sends me to PayPal, I pay, and uh, I got an email from PayPal saying your transactions happened. Well, I never got an email from the seller. So I'm like, this is weird. Typically, you would get a tracking number or something. So I emailed PayPal. They said he has three days to respond. And so the seller emails me the next day. He said, it's on its way. Here's your tracking number. So for three weeks, I'm waiting on a package, okay? It's coming from China, Fuzhou, China, to be exact. I said Fuzhou. I said, I thought it said Fuzhou. And Pastor Jeffrey so eloquently corrected me. It is Fuzhou. Fuzhou, China. So for three weeks, I'm watching tracking on this, okay? It literally sat in China for like a week and a half, then came to New York, Shreveport. And I get a notification on my phone. It says, your package has been delivered to your mailbox. And right away, I'm like, how did they fit a Nintendo box in my mailbox? And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll go out there. I look. And this is the package that I received. And... It's the tracking number. Everything's correct on there. And I'm like, okay, well, this definitely is not a Nintendo, but maybe they just sent me something with it, right? So I open the package, and there's this clear iPhone case, for those of you that can't tell. iPhone 6 case, it probably costs 30 cents to make, maybe a dollar on Amazon. And so I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm getting a Nintendo anymore. And so I filed a dispute with PayPal. We're, we're still in a dispute with PayPal. Um, I said that to say, do not buy anything online unless you know for sure that it is a good recommended seller because apparently this happened to one of our friends too. They got a piece of string in the mail a while back or something like that. Don't worry, we still got my son a Nintendo Switch. We were able to find him one. But I, I told my wife, I said, you know what? It's only money. It is what it is. Life goes on. But let me just tell you, I was a little mad, and some words that were not of the Holy Spirit almost came out of my mouth that day. Anyway, that has nothing to do with my message tonight. I just wanted to share that with you because it was funny to me. But I've just been thinking about the holidays and how crazy this time of year can be. And I was thinking, you know, the other day I, I just stopped and I was like, Jesus, forgive me. Not for forgetting what the season is about, but just neglecting what the season is about, because I know what the season is about. I think every one of us here know what the season is about, but how many times do we just neglect it and get caught up in the hustle and the bustle and everything that is happening around the holidays? And as I was reading this story of Moses in my devotion the other day, God just spoke some things to me that really changed the way I viewed this story, because I've read it several times throughout my life, but I want to share that with you tonight. I'm going to read it one more time, Exodus 3. It said, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness that came, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that. Though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And so Moses thought, I'll go over there and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. I know most of us here probably know this story. I think most of us have been around the church long enough to have heard this, but even if you were not a Christian, you've probably heard this story. I remember Prince of Egypt was one of my favorite movies growing up. Disney, that's the jam. Dude, Whitney Houston, come on, y'all. You don't know about that. But just in case you have not heard this story, Moses has this incredible encounter with God in the middle of the desert. And God speaks to him, and he tells Moses, you're going to be the person that leads Israel out of captivity of the Egyptians. 
And Moses has this conversation with God, and he's like, there's no way. I'm not your guy. I can't even talk right. And God's like, no, you're going to do this. And the next several chapters of Exodus are just full of the stories of uh, God leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. And uh, as I was reading this and just thinking through it, I felt like God just stopped me. And he was like, I want you to just pay attention to this first part of the scripture right here. And so I'm going to spend some time just talking about what Moses was doing before this holy moment. I think most of us would agree this was a holy moment, right? This moment changed forever. It changed history, changed nations. In fact, God even spoke to Moses and he said, remove your sandals, you're standing on holy ground. It's a holy moment. The God of the universe, the God that spoke galaxies into existence, the God that spoke every living being into creation is speaking to Moses right now in this moment. And I was just thinking, I'm like, what was Moses doing that led God to do this at this point? The Bible tells us that he was walking around with his father-in-law, tending a flock of sheep. I'll be honest with y'all, that's a little weird to me. He wasn't praying, he wasn't meditating, he wasn't fasting. He wasn't spending countless hours trying to hear the voice of God. He was just doing what he did every day. And this is what I want to share with you tonight. Look, if you're taking notes, you can jot this down. I'm going to have three points for you real quick. Number one, stay where you are. Everybody say, stay where you are. I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that I like checklists. Anybody like checklists in here? That's what I'm talking about. I know there's probably an Enneagram number for that. Someone can shout it out. I don't know it. But I love checklists. And at the end of the day, if I do not get something done, I'm going to be completely just straight up with you. I feel like incomplete. It's probably the OCD inside of me. But it bothers me. I will literally change a reminder to the next day if I don't get it done because I'm going to get it done and it's going to make me mad if I don't get it done. And so... A lot of times this will happen to me and I go to bed and I'm like, man, I've really missed it today. I've missed the mark. And I ask myself questions like, maybe you found yourself asking you these questions. When's the last time I prayed for 30 minutes? When's the last time I just sat and studied scripture just for myself and meditated on scripture? When's the last time I tried to just sit and listen to the voice of God, not just poured out my heart and all the prayers and and the things that we need and all these people around me that are suffering and prayed for them, but when's the last time I just sat and I said, God, I want you to just speak to me. What do you have to say? Anybody felt like that? John chapter 15 says this. Jesus is speaking and he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Just a quick question. This is not a rhetorical question. You can blurt it out if you have an answer. What does a branch do? Anybody have an answer? Bears fruit. And I know the purpose of a branch But what does a branch physically do? Does nothing, right? It exists. It just is. It just abides. I've never seen a branch come off a tree 
and go get water because it needed water. No, it just pulls it from the source, directly from the source. And I believe this is what God is speaking to some of us, and he's definitely been speaking this to me in this moment. Some of you have been trying to do, trying to give, and trying to earn your way into God's presence. And he's saying, no, you don't understand. I've already given it to you. You don't have to earn anything. This is why Jesus came, because the chasm was so far between man and God, there was no way to fix fallen humanity, but he's already given us his presence living in us. So you don't have to earn anything. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to earn anything. Just abide in me. Stay where you are. Number two, if you're taking notes, number two, embrace interruption. Embrace interruption. In John chapter 4, I'm not going to take us to the scripture. You can just jot that down and and go read it later. But we find the story of the woman at the well, a very well-known story. Jesus comes into Samaria, and he finds this woman at the well, and she's getting water. And Jesus says, hey, can you give me a drink of water? And this woman's just stunned. She's taken back because Jews didn't talk to Samaritans. And so she's like, you, a Jew, are asking me for water. And Jesus begins to just speak into her life and tells her everything about her life, things that nobody else knows about her. And in one moment, her perspective changes. She realizes that she's not just talking to another man. She's talking to the Savior, to the Messiah. Changes everything. And again, we find that this woman was not doing anything out of the ordinary. She was just doing everyday life. She was going to get water. She's doing chores. She's living life, doing exactly what she would do any other day. But the moment that she comes in contact with Jesus, everything changes. God meets us right where we are every time. Amen? We don't have to do anything. But we have to learn to embrace interruption from God. I'll be very transparent with you. In my life, there have been several instances, and maybe you've experienced this. I'll be going through a store, or I'll be driving down the road, and I'll see maybe a homeless person, and I feel the voice of God in my mind. I feel the Spirit nudge me and say, you need to go talk to that person. You need to go pray for that person. You need to give something to that person. And I'll just be completely transparent. A lot of those times I have just said, I'm too busy. I just can't do it right now. Maybe whatever I was doing, I was caught up on my way to to a function, something I had going on in my life, maybe a family deal, maybe a friend. Whatever I was doing in that moment, I was so busy that I missed what God wanted to do. Maybe you've experienced this. I'll never forget this. Just a few months ago, March of this year, this was right before the quarantine happened. Uh, we have a men's lunch group that meets here in Sterlington every year, uh, every year, every week, uh, every Thursday. And uh, we're at Fiesta Linda this particular Thursday. We get done eating lunch, and we're all just sitting around. There's probably six or eight of us. And uh, my good friend John Ray, who many of you know, and then also Dix Johnston, who many of you know, were there that day. And we're standing at the counter about to pay our bills, and the waitress comes up to me, and she says, hey, I, I've noticed you guys have been in here for you know, several times. Is this a group of guys? Where are you guys from? 
So I just begin to tell her, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're Crusher Sterlington. We're about to open our doors. This was literally the week before we were about to open our doors. And uh, she was so excited. She's like, man, that's so awesome. I've been looking for a church. And I said, please come see us 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Come join us. She said, I will. I'm about to have surgery. And as soon as I recover, I will be there. And so I just immediately, I'm like, okay, uh, what are you having surgery on? I'm just curious. And she got real quiet, and she put her hand over her chest. She said, I'm having a mastectomy. I, I have breast cancer. And in that moment, I looked up at John Ray, and it was like something just changed. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Exact, I'm, not, I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to pray for you. And I thought to myself, first of all, we're in the middle of the aisle. Y'all have been in Fiesta Linda over here. We're in the middle of the aisle, so people can't really get around us. So I'm like, should we move? Should, this is a little weird. Like, should we take her outside? Nah, nah, bro. We're straight up in the restaurant. And Dix Johnson just speaking in tongues over there. Like, you, you don't even know. And, uh, but I remember in that moment, I'm thinking, man, this is what the church is really about. That moment when the spirit speaks to you and nudges you, and it's like, okay, the spirit didn't even have to, have to, have to nudge us. She told us what was happening in her life. And in that moment, he thought, this is a kingdom thing. This is a divine appointment right here. I believe that some of the greatest songs have yet to be written, some of the greatest worship songs, some of the greatest Bible studies have yet to be written. Some of the greatest businesses have yet to be born, business ideas have yet to be born, even in this room tonight. And if we're not listening to the voice of God, we will miss out on kingdom opportunities and divine appointments, not just for us, but other people around us, especially other people around us. Tell your neighbor one more time, embrace interruption. Embrace it. Embrace it. This is my third point. I told you I wasn't going to be long tonight. Stop compartmentalizing. Stop compartmentalizing. Romans 12 and 1, it says this. Paul is speaking. I'm going to read from the message version just because I love the way Eugene Peterson put this. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. (laughs) Paul sums up everything that we've been talking about tonight in this one scripture. In fact, the King James Version says this. He says, I beseech you, brothers, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Everybody say a living sacrifice holy and acceptable. And he goes on to say, this is your reasonable service. It's the least that we can do. The least that we can do. I don't know about you, but for me, there have been days and there have been seasons. 2020 has been a season for all of us. But there are seasons that go by where I just felt defeated. I'm like, God, I just... I don't have enough time in the day. I've got kids. I've got school. I've got work. I've got family time. I need to spend time with my spouse. I need to exercise because I don't want to have a heart attack at 45. How am I supposed to get all of this done? And then we're going to put holidays on top of that, right? Anybody feel that weight? I felt it. But here's what God has been speaking to me. And I'm going to invite our band back up here. And we're going to go back into worship here in just a minute. This is what God has been speaking to me. 
Stop trying to compartmentalize God. I used to view holy moments as moments that only happened at an altar, moments that only happened in a worship service. Maybe it could happen in my house, but the mood had to be just right. It had to be before my kids wake up. It had to be, uh, I had to have my mind completely clear and be able to hear the voice of God. And God's speaking to me and saying, no, that's not what makes a moment holy. What makes a moment holy is not God's presence because God is omnipresent. He's always with us, right? What makes a moment holy is my awareness of God's presence in every moment. And God is constantly showing me in instances, those moments where we're playing with our kids in the backyard and showing them a love that a father is supposed to show them, a love that only comes from the heavenly father. That's a holy moment. That's a holy moment in my family. Those moments when we wake up and we're trying to get our kids ready for school and they're just going nuts. My daughter's a banshee in the morning. But somehow you muster up the strength on your way to school. You're like, hey, babies, let me pray for you before you go to school today. That's a holy moment. Those moments when you're sitting in the restaurant and the service was terrible, the waiter, the waitress was awful, but you can just sense that there's something wrong in their life and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to leave them an extra tip anyway today just because they need to be encouraged. That's the spirit. That's the holy moment in your life. It's not about trying to give God 30 to 45 minutes of your day and then do the rest by yourself because I promise you, I've tried to do that and it don't work, y'all. I'm going to cuss somebody out on the road. I'm just being straight up with you. That Holy Ghost is going to leave. I got to let God in every part of my life. Stop compartmentalizing. How can I bring glory to God through my family, through my friends, through my church, through school, through work, through sports? Colossians 3.23 says what? Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Whatever you do, whatever you find yourself doing today, whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Give him everything. Jesus didn't tear the veil so that we could just have a few holy moments. Jesus tore the veil so that we could live in holy moments. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. We don't have to wait for the presence of God. He is in our presence. It's our awareness that has to change, our perception that has to change in every moment and of every day. We no longer have to go through a priest, through a tabernacle. No, we have an advocate with the Father the man Christ Jesus, the man between God and man, the man that made a way for us to access the presence of heaven at every moment of every day. This is what holy moments are all about, letting God into every area of my life and withholding nothing, my energy, my time, my love, everything. So here's what I wanna do. I know it's, it's getting close to our bedtime and close to that time we need to leave, but why don't we stand all over this place